It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing pretty good. What's up, man? Not too much. Um, so we're gonna do. We're gonna have a little chat about Chris Johnson tonight. So that should be fun. Um, had some interaction with that on Twitter earlier today. So we'll touch on a little bit of that as well. Before we jump into that, remind you we write for MutantCityMiracles.com, uh, covering the Titans for SB Nation. So you can find us there on Twitter. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. Terry is at T Lambert FB. Podcast account at Locked On Titans. So you can follow us all those places. You you can subscribe to the podcast Locked On Titans on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, you can find us there. All right, so we're in this, you know, slow period of the offseason. The Titans did start OTAs today, Monday, and they were, I guess, on the field today, but there were no media reports. I don't know how much of, of the work they're going to be doing is going to be available to the media. I know some of it this week is. So we'll have some stuff to talk about from that stuff at some point during this week. So we'll kind of take a break from looking back at these guys um, and, and, you know, touch on that news when it happens. But not anything like that today. So we figured it'd be a good time to look back at the career of Chris Johnson. And we've been talking for a little bit before we jumped on here just about our memories. But I think it, it makes sense to start with that draft. And it, it was an interesting thing because, you know, the Titans were coming off of a year where they had made the playoffs. They were 10-6. It was Vince Young's second year, um, the, the season before they drafted Chris Johnson. And the one thing that we thought that we knew they needed was a receiver. Um, go back and look at some of the names of the receivers on that roster, and it was a, you know just a crap show, really, <laughs> which has been, you know for the majority of the time, the Titans have been here. But you know the year before, they drafted Lindell White in the second round. So we were all pretty sure that the one position they weren't going to draft was a receiver. I mean, was a running back. And then Chris Johnson's the pick. And, you know, there was, there was part of us, I think, that at the time, or at least I can speak for myself, at the time the reaction was, oh, great, another workout warrior, you know, a guy that had, had put up these elite numbers at the combine. Obviously, I mean, he broke the 40-yard 40, 40 dash time at the, at the combine. But, you know, why are we driving this guy? We don't need a running back. All that kind of stuff it was, it was kind of the first thoughts that were, that were going through my head. Um, Terry, you remember what your initial reaction was to the pick? I was mad. I was upset. Uh, you look at the receivers, uh, 2007, the Titans had Roy Dell Williams, Brandon Jones, uh, Justin Gage, Eric Moltz. Uh, that was the receiving core. Uh, so the, the need to me was pretty obvious. Uh, and, and, you know, looking back, of course, this receiver class in, in this year was not very good. Uh, but I remember Devin Thomas out of Michigan State, Lima Swede, uh, Deshaun Jackson, all those guys uh, were in the conversation for the Titans uh, who picked at 24. So uh, to see them take a running back was was maddening to me. Uh, you know, we talked about it a couple months ago, having receiver fatigue. We just needed one for so long. Uh, and and I, I guess that was kind of the early stages of that. Uh, but to not get one right there when so many were on the board uh, and ready to go right there it was frustrating. But, you know, now looking back, Lindell White uh, was on the roster. It was Chris Brown after that, and, and then Chris Henry. Chris 
Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you just look at that skill position there. Lindell White, Chris Brown, Chris Henry, Rodell Williams, Brandon Jones, Justin Gage. That's your skill position. So, um, looking back, I understand it. The Titans needed some speed. Uh, they needed a guy that, that could change the game, that could break things open. They certainly got it, as it turned out, in Chris Johnson. Sure, and yeah, I mean, I'd forgotten about Chris Brown, and that dude had some good games, but he always hurt his hamstring. Um, he was, I don't know, he missed a million games with that. And yeah, and, and I think we probably all at that point maybe thought Lindell White was the answer. Um, you know, and I, I think part of that was just coming off of the hype of him at USC and, you know, the second round pick and Norm Chow. I mean, there was just so many things. That, that seemed to be working like coming in coming off window. a 1000 yard year for the Titans. Uh, right. 1100 yeah. yards and seven touchdowns. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, well they don't need a running back, right? Um but yeah, so you know, it, it obviously like you said, I mean, it turned out to be the, the best pick of of kind of what we were expecting there, you know, that he worked out better than any of those receivers did. Um and so I mean, it didn't really take long to see uh you know what they had in Chris Johnson, and again, you know there there was some talk of at least in my thought was I don't know this guy's not gonna be able to play, and I think part of that was being burned with the Chris Henry pick before that, you know not not long before that, um, just you know with his combine numbers, but Chris Johnson had production in college, whereas Chris Chris Henry didn't. Now you know Chris Johnson went to East Carolina, so it's a little bit different, but at least you could see. I mean, you go back and watch some of his college highlight tapes and running by guys running the ball, catching the ball special teams. I mean, he, he did a lot of special stuff. But, you know, in that first year, um, he split time with Lindell White. Uh, that was when the whole smash and dash thing, um, you know, came out with those two guys. And I, I just remember it was, I mean, I don't know, they, they were fun to watch. And that team ended up, in, two, in 2008, being a whole lot better than I think any of us expected them to be. And now, you know, it just kind of setting the stage for that team. I mean, that was the one where you had, you know, Vince Young and Kerry Collins. Obviously, it was, what, Vince's third year at that point. And, um, you know, we're coming off of a 10-6. There was a game at home where Vince Young, you know, hurt his knee during the game. Was, the trainer said he was good enough to go back in. Fisher told him to go back in. He refused to go in because he was getting booed. And so Kerry Collins took over. And, you know, Vince Young didn't start another game until, you know, the seventh game of the, of the following season, of the 2009 season. But so you had a lot of that going on. But you had, you had an unbelievable defense. You had an unbelievable offensive line. And then you had these, these two running backs, Chris Johnson and Lindell White, and they just carried this offense. Like, you, I mean, you mentioned the guys that were their receivers. I mean, not exactly the, the who's who there. And so, I mean, there, you know, there are a bunch of special games. I think the one that probably stands out to me the most and the one that people mentioned on uh, on Twitter earlier today was the, the, came, the game against the Chiefs in October of that year where he had, uh, I think, 168 yards yeah, on, on 18 carries. He had that long touchdown run where he's watching the guys chasing him in the Jumbotron, and then he gets up and plays the bongo, bongo, drum, bongo drums. I don't know, it's so hard for me to say. Um, you know, after, the, after that. And, you know, from there, it was just, you know, Chris Johnson mania kind of took over. And so you had that team that was special. They had a special defense with, with that defensive line, Hainsworth, Bannon Bosch, those guys. You still had Keith Bullock. You had Cortland Finnegan. I mean, the, the defense was unbelievable. But Chris Johnson gave them something on offense that they hadn't had the year before when they were 10-6. and And, you know, he is, is, is what carried that offense because, listen, Kerry Collins was, was a perfectly good game manager. But without Chris Johnson, 
even as good as that defense was, that team doesn't go 13-3 and and get a first-round playoff block. Yeah, I remember the – I think it was the first preseason game. Chris Johnson was in, in Nashville uh, against the Rams. And it, it might have been – it was one of his first carries. It might have been the first. Uh, but anyways, a, a defensive end comes off the edge and meets him in the backfield. And he kind of like ducks under him and avoids him and then avoids the linebacker and then explodes, runs by a corner, and then runs by a safety. And that's when you kind of knew – uh, you saw uh, Jeff Fisher and Mike Heimerdinger uh, high-fiving, fist-bumping on, on the sideline. So you knew you had something special there. Uh, so excitement built from there. But Johnson as a runner was just – he's really unique. Uh, I, I don't know that there's anyone like him uh, in today's game. Uh, I, I, he was really small. That that was one of the, the knocks on him coming out, you know, 190 pounds. And he's going to carry the load in the NFL. You just don't see that uh, in in today's game very often. Uh, but he was uh, he was strong. You know, he was never hurt, and, and that was that was what we were talking about before we came on. He he put together you know six or seven sixteen game seasons in Nashville, which is just unheard of. But uh, his ability to get through the line of scrimmage to to turn on the afterburners made him really special. Uh, but getting through the cuts without losing speed. You know, he's kind of deceptive. It wasn't really shifty. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. He's hard, he's a hard player to describe, uh, but a really unique talent, a talent that we might not ever see again in the league. Yeah, it's like you said. I mean, he wasn't – Yeah, you, shifty's not a word that that, you, that comes to mind when you think of Chris Johnson, but that's that straight-line speed and the ability to make cuts at full speed, make guys miss. And, and, and early on in his career, career uh, i mean you can go back and watch him mean, he ran over some guys i mean he would meet guys in the hole and, and kind of blow them up and then you know obviously once he got into the secondary he was gone so um yeah the only the only game he ever got hurt in was the was the 2009 playoff game against the ravens and uh you know i think people that have followed the blog have you know heard my take on that before i really feel like he could have come back into that game but he didn't uh had a high ankle sprain allegedly and um you know the the titans ended up losing that game uh, you know they they could have won it without him. I mean, you know, if you're if you've been a Titans fan long enough, in the circumstances of that game, you got the Lindell White fumble, you got the Algie Crumpler fumble, you've got the fourth down completion of the Todd Heap that was five seconds after the play clock had run out. Um, just uh, all that stuff that that happened in that game, and just you know, kind of the 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 way things go when the Titans play the Ravens in Nashville in the playoffs. So um, you know, no, re- no no reason to necessarily revisit all of that. Now, so that was his rookie season. The 2009 season is obviously the one that is, you know, the most remembered of his career and obviously the the best, I mean, quite possibly the best season ever compiled by a running back in the NFL. Um, you know, when he rushed for 2000, 2006 yards, has twenty or more than 2,100 yards from scrimmage. Um, and just, I mean, there, you can just go, through game, just go through game after game after game in that, in that season. Um, where he just did some unbelievable things, you know, three carries, three touchdown runs, longer than 80 yards. Nobody else has ever done that. He's done it twice in two different seasons. Um, and just, you know, that team was terrible at the beginning of the year. They started out 0-6. That was the whole, you know, Jeff Fisher put on the Peyton, took off the shirt, handled Peyton Manning jersey. Um, and then they ended up winning the next six to get to 6-6 six and six, and then, you know, weren't able to make the playoffs. But, um, you know, just that next year, I mean, it just seemed like, Chris Johnson, they, he, nobody could stop him. 
And uh, we were talking before. I mean, I remember the game after the bye against the Jaguars here where him and Maurice Jones-Drew went back and forth. And Maurice Jones-Drew had a couple of, like, 80-plus-yard touchdown runs. Chris Johnson had two really long runs, had, like, 240-something yards in that game. But that season there was the 50-yard-plus touchdown pass against the Texans where – he walked up and nobody covered him. Kerry Collins just stood up and threw him the ball, and he just, you know, ran. And obviously, nobody was going to catch him. Um, but I don't know, just the things that he was able to do in that season. And then you knew, like, the last couple of games of the year, they had been eliminated from the playoffs. And so you could tell that the mission of the team was to get him to 2,000 yards. And you can understand that. I mean, in a season that's lost from a team's standpoint, it makes sense to, to chase personal accolades at that point. Now, my personal opinion of Chris Johnson is that he did a little bit too much of that. Um, there, there was a little bit too much of the me stuff going on, and we'll get into that a little bit with the, with the contract stuff here in a minute. But, you know, what, what's, what, what do you remember most from that 2009 season? Uh, 2,500 yards from scrimmage, uh, 16 touchdowns. I mean, it, it was just the Chris Johnson show. Uh, even when the team was, was bad, you know, you still tuned in to see what Chris Johnson was going to do, you know. That, if you're a Titans fan, you probably owned him in fantasy. You you wanted to cheer for your uh, your fantasy team, uh, and then all of a sudden they started winning. You know they rip off what five in a row before they they dropped a key game to the Colts and a shocker there. Uh, but yeah, two thousand six yards, five point six yards per carry, one hundred twenty five yards a game. Uh, I, I know backs have gone for for more yards, uh, but that was. Uh, they, Man, you're you're gonna be hard pressed to to beat that for me, uh, just from an individual standpoint. But uh, you, you know, I, I compare it to Vince's rookie year. You know, that team was was okay, uh, but you were tuning in to see what Vince was gonna do. Uh, you know, you were tuning in that year to see what Chris Johnson was gonna do. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that like you said, that at least gave you a reason to watch that season. And you know, they again they they push it to even. And then um, lost that game to the Chargers, uh, which, you know, in effect ended their season. But, um, yeah, he was fun to watch, no doubt. And then comes back in 2010, and, you know, there was a, there was a little bit, I guess, of, you know, the, the contract uh, grumblings between 2009 and 2010, and you get it. I mean, a guy that's a, that's a running back, uh, you know, the 24th pick is, you know, making good money, but obviously not the superstar money that he was at that point. And so, but he came back and, and played in 2010, and you know had a, had a solid year in 2010. I obviously never got back to what he was in 2009. Again, that's the greatest you know single season by a running back ever. So he, he was not going to ever get back to that point. But it was it was definitely a, a, a slow decline from there. And um, you know they, they did. I mean, he you know the first week of the season against the Raiders, he had a 76 yard touchdown run that next year. And, you know, had multiple 100-yard games. And he finally was – the streak got broken, I remember, against the Steelers. And in that game, he had an 85-yard touchdown run that was called back because of a holding penalty. And it was one of those where it was, like, away from the ball. or Not necessarily away from the ball, but the guy that got held wasn't going to catch Chris Johnson anyway. So it was one of those first things. That, that that was the way that streak ended. But, you know, it went on in that season. I mean, the, the Titans weren't good again. But, you know, he Chris Johnson made the Pro Bowl – um, but you could kind of see the writing on the wall at that point that it was going to come, the contract thing was going to come to kind of an ugly, uh, you know, battle. 
because again, you got this guy that's a superstar that's definitely outperforming what his current deal is. But you know, you got, you got a team, the team that you know obviously has a, a, a salary cap, and they're, they're trying to negotiate and all that kind of stuff. And you know, you know, you know the history of, of paying running backs, and we know you know in the end what happened with Chris Johnson. But anything from that 2010 season stands out to you? Uh, no, you were never going to match what you did in 2009. Uh, so came back down to earth a little bit. Uh, the touches st- stand out to me: 251 his rookie year, then you go 358, then 316. Uh, so you kind of start to see where the Titans might have overworked him. Uh, hard to blame them for for what they did, uh, for for wanting to feed such a special talent. But you look at at years beyond, and maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves here. But but maybe that 2009 season 2010 season where he went 300 plus carries in between the tackles uh at 190 pounds 5 foot 11 maybe that started to wear down a little bit uh, you know cuz he went from 2000 yards to 1300 yards then he went to barely over 1000 yards uh in 2011 so yeah the the contract was interesting because i think we all knew uh, somewhat that it wasn't going to work out. You know, at least that's the feeling I had in, in the pit of my stomach. Uh, but you also felt like, hey, you can't let this guy walk. You've got to get something done. So I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't envy the Titans' decision, decision makers back then. Uh, they did what they had to do, and it was kind of a leap of faith that Chris Johnson would stay with it and keep himself in shape and and, and get after it. Yeah, and like you said, it was a tough spot for everybody. And again, if you're if you're a part of an offense that has a couple of you know stars, even or you know good players, uh, you can you could let a guy like that walk or, or try to trade him or whatever because he's not happy. But that wasn't the case here. The Titans didn't have anything besides Chris Johnson. So I mean, I think it was Mike Reinfeld that was the general manager at that point. I mean, he didn't have a choice. He had to pay right. him. And you know, you kind of wish that. One thing that I that I wonder, looking back, is had they have been able to get it done earlier, I wonder if the 2011 season would have gone differently. Because look, if you want to hear it or not, Chris Johnson showed up out of shape right before Week One because he missed the whole preseason, missed training camp, was not with the team until they started preparation. I think it was the Jaguars who they played in Week One, 2011. He wasn't with the team until that week. He was out of shape. It took him quite a few weeks to get back into football shape, and he wasn't the same player. Now, I think that he lost some of the fire that he had uh, before he got that contract. Like I said, there are people that would you know want to fight me for saying that, but I think if you go back and you watch him before and you watch him after, I think that's pretty evident. Now, to be fair, like you said, when you're looking at a guy that got 358 carries in, in 2009, 316 carries in 2010, we we know what that does to running backs, and we know that you're going to see a drop off in production there. So again, you know, I, I, it would have been interesting if, if they would have just gone ahead and you know kind of knocked the contract thing out earlier. If he'd have been around for training camp, if things would have been different, and you know, I, I guess we can we can kind of break here, and then you know, coming up, we'll talk about I guess the 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 dark years with Chris Johnson because everything early was you know just just awesome and fantastic and fun but it it, it kind of fell off after that so we'll we'll get into that again here in just a sec. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest 
completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. Let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen. And I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Because like I said, picking up in 2011, he still went over 1,000 yards, like you said, 1,047. He had 1,200 in, in 2012. Now, you did have, again, to be fair, there were a, a few things at work here. One, um, the offensive line was not as good. Uh, you lost a lot of key guys after those after those that 2009-2010 season. And it took the Titans quite a while uh, to get back to where they had a serviceable offensive line. Probably didn't even really have a good offensive line uh, from 2010 until after Chris Johnson had left here. Um, so there, there is that point. Um, and again, just the wear of giving a guy that many touches, the not having weapons around him, you know, quarterback play up in the air from Kerry Collins to Vince Young to Jake Locker. I mean, they were all over the place with quarterbacks during the time here. They, during the time Chris Johnson was here, they were terrible teams. Again, you had Vince Young, Jeff Fisher, Norm Chow. I mean, Heimer came back. You had Chris Palmer. I mean, it was it was kind of a, the team itself was a disaster pretty much. From really after Chris Johnson's rookie year, it was it was all downhill for him and for the 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 franchise itself. Um, but again, I just think that once he got paid, I, I think he just had a little bit different mentality. And again, it's hard to blame him. Um, you know, when you look around and you you see the guys that are there and they're not surrounding you with the talent that you you hope they would. Um, so you can see how that would wear on somebody. Um, I don't know. It, it just I, you wish that it could have ended differently. Um, unfortunately, like you said with running backs, I mean you, you can go through a, a long list of, of running backs that were really good early, early in their careers and see what happened to them after they had those 300 plus carry seasons. Um, they all tended to fall off, and, and, and so you saw that a lot of places. You know, the one thing that Chris Johnson really got bad at doing, I think, late in his career, was always looking for that home run. Instead of you know taking if there were if it was blocked and you were going to be able to get two or three yards, instead of you know taking that and seeing what happened, he would try to dance on the backfield. And he had, I mean, he had to have more runs that went for like negative three or more than any running back in the in the world ever. I mean, I just remember that being so frustrating. Him running around behind the line of scrimmage, getting tackled for a big loss when it seemed like if he would have just, you know, punched it up in there, he, he could have at least gotten a couple yards and they would have been in a better spot. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it seemed to me like he did a little bit more of that as his career went on, and I don't know if that was confidence that he had lost in the offensive line. I mean, I think that was definitely a part of it, and I think part of it, too, was just always trying to get back to hitting those home runs because that was what he was so good at early in his career. Yeah, I think I think everything was easy for Chris Johnson until that 2011 season. Um, the offensive line was a, became a problem. Um, guard became our kind of our new receiver. That was the thing that everyone wanted uh, until finally they ended up taking Chance Warmack, uh, which ended up not working out. But at the time, that's that's what everyone thought was going to fix 
uh, Chris Johnson in this running game, and of course it turned out to not. But I think the roster deteriorated around him. I think uh, I think Lindale White was really good in, in a numbered role behind him. And after Lindale left, you know you had what well, you have Javon Ringer, Jamie Harper. Uh, in the later years, you had Sean Green and, and Jackie Battle and, and guys like that. Uh, so it was all Chris. Uh, and he just wore down. You know, it's my opinion that he just wore down. Uh, I think you're right in saying that, that he wanted to be the guy. He wanted to be Chris Johnson in 2009. Uh, he wanted to hit those home runs when he could have just bounced it inside and got the five yards. But, uh, yeah, really frustrating end uh, for Chris Johnson, who, you know, at the at the end of the day, he, he kind of left you wanting more. You know, we saw the that stellar three years. Um, but really, it goes back to 2009. Yeah, it seems where the bulk of his uh, his stats came from. Uh, he was just never able to recreate it. Uh, he fell off that cliff uh, quicker than, than I think most people would have thought he would. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I think... You know, there's a there's a good debate to be had between you know the the best running back in the Titans era, um, you know guys it, obviously between him and Eddie George will be the two guys that would be in that conversation. Um, completely different guys, completely different styles. Um, it, it, and if you go back and look at you know we're talking about you talk about carry numbers. I mean, listen to Eddie George: three thirty five his rookie year, three fifty seven, three forty eight, three twenty four oh three. 315 and 343 and that, that, that's it he's like first you know seven years in the league um so you know they that was you know heavy they just they just turned it on handed to him and i mean he you know 4.1 was his best yard per carry average and you know different <laughs> offense different era all, all those things i mean so when you look at when you look at those numbers compared to what chris johnson put up i mean obviously you you, you talk about um you know, Johnson obviously the, mo- the more explosive player, the more exciting player. But you know, people that remember back to those teams when Eddie George first came, he was the heart and soul of the team. He was a leader and all that stuff. You know, Chris Johnson never really seemed to embrace that role. Now, you know, not not every guy is that guy. That wasn't really Chris Johnson's personality. Um, he didn't have the that you know just the. I mean, he had the star quality on the field. We didn't have it off the field. I mean, I remember a, 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 he was on a Dan Patrick interview on the radio show, and Dan Patrick basically like hung up on him because you couldn't. I mean, he sounded like he just rolled out of bed. You know, it didn't seem like he was putting a lot of effort into that stuff, and that was fine. But I, I think he just didn't. He, he didn't get embraced as a leader like like a guy like Eddie George did. But again, when you look at Chris Johnson at his peak, I mean, I, it's hard to find a running back that was that good. I mean, you can point at, like, Marshall Falk with the Rams. Um, you know, Edger and James had a couple of years with the Colts. And then if you want to go back to, you know, prior to that in the era where, you know, guys weren't carrying the ball 350, 400 times, I mean, that, that's a different type deal. But, I mean, 2008, 2009, Chris Johnson, you know, I'd put up against just about anybody. I mean, I remember the big debate at the time was if he or Adrian Peterson – was the best running back in the league, and that was something that, you know, depending on, you know, which side you were on, obviously both sides would get pretty heated on that. Um, I, and I don't know. I mean, I was I was always, always biased toward Chris Johnson. I think probably looking back, if, if you had a neutral offensive line, I think it would be hard to put Chris Johnson ahead of Adrian Peterson, just, just knowing all the different, I guess, you know, tools he has in his game. But at the same time, 
there was ne- there's never been a home run threat like Chris Johnson. I don't know if there ever will be again. And it was just it was unbelievable to watch him hit those runs. And, and I was saying before, I, mean, I think a lot of times the reason that he got such big runs is because you would have guys chasing him in the secondary, and they would take their normal angle to try to tackle him. And when they got there, he was already gone. I mean, he was just that much faster than everybody else. And I think people didn't realize it. I, I don't think you could see it on tape. I, I think it showed up in, in when guys were on the field with him. They were amazed at, at how how much faster he was than even they thought. So, yeah, I mean, he was fun to watch. And, you know, you wish that he could have been on some better teams. And that's not his fault. Um, like you said, the offensive line deteriorated. You go back and look at that. I mean, you know, even his rookie year when the, when the team was 13-3, and three, the offensive side of the ball, the, besides the offensive line, there was no talent there. Um, they were just really good on defense. And so that was what, you know, made them a, a, a viable team. But, um, yeah. I mean, just looking back on him, I, I think I have a little bit of a, of a bitter taste in my mouth just because of the way it all ended in the contract and all that stuff. And you wish that that could have gone down differently. You wish that he could have been on some better teams. But I think I probably blame him more than I should for that because most of that stuff wasn't his fault. You just wonder. He was on one good team, and it was in 2008. He was on a couple mediocre teams, and then he was on some really bad teams. So... You know, you talk about Eddie George and how much of an icon he is today. You just wonder you know, if if Chris Johnson is joining the team right now. You know, the Titans are set up to win over the next five, six seasons. What what would his what was his legacy be uh, if he's you know a part of playoff runs and over the span of multiple seasons? So uh, that's that's what you got to factor in. Uh, unfortunately, it, it, you've got really good players um, on, on really bad teams. Uh, and unfortunately for Chris Johnson, he just played in an era uh, of really bad Titan football. Um, you know, I shouldn't say really bad, but real, really mediocre Titan football. Uh, we'll put it that way. So, uh, legacy, it took, it took a beating over the last three years. But that 2009 season, uh, you can't deny it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, like you said, uh, I, I think people, most people probably remember Chris Johnson more fondly than I do, but I think part of that's just being a battered Titans fan um, and, and just knowing that, you know, it, especially that, that 2009 season or 2008 season uh, when they lost the Ravens, they were the best team in the league that year the Titans were, and it was just such a heartbreak to lose the Ravens in Nashville again and all that kind of stuff, so... Anyway, hopefully uh, you enjoyed kind of that walk down memory lane. Like I said, we're going to do some more of that stuff um, as we go throughout the offseason. We'll do it with Kenny Brett and Cortland Finnegan. I mean, they, a, a lot of guys that were brought up, and then some of the, you know, even lesser-known guys. I mean, because if you were around, I mean, there were some cult heroes, like a Lavelle Hawkins. I don't know if we'll do an interview on, I mean, a, an episode on him. But, I mean, there were, like, over at Museum of Miracles, I mean, we would have, like, knockdown drag-out fights in the comments about, how good Lavelle Hawkins was. And I think that just speaks to the desperation that Titans fans have for a receiver. But um, anyway, it, it's just fun to, to go back and, and, and look at some of these guys. And so hopefully um, you can give us feedback on that if you liked it. Again, you know, guys that you would like for us to talk about or whatever. All right, Terry, anything else on Chris Johnson before we get out? That's all I got. All right. So um, like I said, we will hopefully get some news here over the next couple of days uh, for on-the-field stuff for the Titans currently. 
So we'll hit that when it becomes available. And like I said, the next episode that we'll probably do something like this will be Kenny Britt, another very you know interesting guy, up and down career here with the Titans. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we'll talk to you again later this week. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.